we don't really we don't really have an intro but welcome to the podcast <laughs> yeah yeah this is just kind Not of how we do it thanks for having me yeah this is like uh honestly when we started this podcast and i made the list of guests yeah that i wanted on this you were number one and i was like who is this and he told me yeah and then we went to a couple of your shows and i was blown away <laughs> well it's yeah. funny how when you can introduce someone to someone through like hypothetically introduce them to yeah. this person i really want you to meet them oh they're actually djing this thing that i'm doing this is your first chance to meet them and then the second time like a week ago it was yeah. like you know what i mean like all of a sudden you become a presence in someone's life yeah for sure well also i mean maybe that's sometimes the penultimate way to meet a person yeah yeah you okay. know yeah like i wish more people would meet me yeah yeah performing then yeah you know well on the corner uh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't think you're not, yeah when you're in your element you know yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I don't think you have any problem with that I don't know I feel like the last two shows you did not to just jump right into music stuff but yeah, I think yeah. the last two shows you did just because they're so fresh in our minds really opened a lot of people's eyes to what you do yeah I hope so I mean I feel that uh, coming out of the pandemic yeah um you know, it's like not like things have changed. It's more like uh, things that I wanted to do for a long time. Yeah, right. And like a long time. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. like 15 years. Right. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I finally had enough time to kind of like put, lay them out, put them yeah. together, figure out what it even is. Yeah. yeah. Because I feel like so much of your stuff is so conceptual. Beyond it's, I say this beyond just being like, I'm going to play a techno set, right? I am a techno DJ, or I'm going to be a hip hop DJ. I feel like there, I feel like so much of when I, when I try to describe your performance, I have to say performance because I, I, I feel like saying the word DJ is like a yeah. disservice. Not that it's a, not, no, no, that's what it is. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's a <laughs> performance. Exactly what it is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think I feel like it's it's a disservice to say DJ because it's a performance and it's it's such a, it's such a visceral like experience. Yeah. Now, okay, so just just not to name drop and bring up a funny thing, but the you know the whole thing with Zach Fox yeah. being at your show and yeah. really enjoying it and like being like this is really crazy. The funny thing about that is because and it happened with every single person there yeah on their own personal scale but he had that like la energy <laughs> yeah. but and like i understand without like because i i didn't i'd never heard of him yeah but um which again is the nicest way to meet someone yeah, 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 yeah. um like people are like zach fox is here and like I, not only did i not know who he was but it's like he had his little entourage right. yeah. yeah and it's so it was so funny when you're told that you're meant you know, someone mm-hmm, of mm-hmm. some, yeah, of you know, some, cultural yeah. significance is there, and you're like, which one? <laughs> and I'm just like talking to these people, and like they were all Zach Fox. You know what I mean? <laughs> like I didn't really figure yeah. it out till like many hours later. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but it's funny because when I I saw them come in, and like again, like everybody else that was there, I feel like, and like most good art, in order to get and understand your set. It's not something where you just press play and all of a sudden you go, cool. It's something where it takes like, I'm throwing out a number here, but it takes like 20 minutes or so to sort of get into the vibe of the way you play and the Mm -hmm. way you perform. Because it's not, and I noticed that he did it too. He came in and like, I saw him because I just know who he was and I was like, oh, he's here. And I would kind of periodically see him like, you know, like chatting with his friends and kind of like perk up and look over. 
Yeah. And then, you know, go back to doing his thing. And then that happened over and over again until he was like, I need to go talk to this guy. And I feel like everybody has that. Yeah. Kind of experience when they see you play. Or it's that same with the 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 Prince Josh show, like with the tempo and stuff. Where um, Anthony was like, was he was like, how is he playing this? Like, what is how is this on right now? He was just like baffled by it too. He was just we had a big every song. He was just like, what? How is this on right now? And how did how does this work? And how is this like playing so well right now in this space at this time compared to the song that was on previously? Like it was just kind of like. Yeah, but you also get it. You also get it. It's also like this is perfect. It's just something I would never think to do. Not to like brag, dude. Like you know, but like it was crazy. It was really sick. Well, I mean, like you know, um, not that I've seen him or know him, but Mm. I've heard that like you know what a William Bazinski show is. Right. Right. You know, is he doesn't really like do anything. Yeah. He kind of just shows up with this music that he's conceptualized. Yeah. Yeah. Record it, and he basically just really spends the whole set feeling the room and nice. just trying to tune mm-hmm. that thing to the existing pitches. Right. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, ostensibly just like the energy in the hippie sense yeah, yeah, yeah. of the room, yeah. and that takes time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know no, what I, I mean? Know, yeah. Even yeah. though the content is fixed, mm-hmm. you know, and I think you know, in a way that you know, the music is really you know just a conduit for yeah or like like kind of his you know the interior yeah, yeah, yeah. structure of his mind i kind of feel like you know everyone is sort of with him by the end right. you know yeah. and do you do you, so, so do you do you enter a show with that mentality well like with that with your show you know like i was like totally nervous like like panicking because i was really like in preparation because mm-hmm you know i was like putting two and a half years of you know stagnant you know you know creative energy you know all into this one thing instead of just being like oh this is like the doorway to more right you know what i mean like i just like very unnecessary you know what i mean Mm -hmm. and like uh so i plan all the stuff and then you know i had like the three turntables and um i guess they didn't they didn't come with ground cables right so like you know everything that i had planned it didn't it didn't matter yeah right you know at all yeah yeah and you know that was like equal parts frustrating and like you know very re- relieving yeah. you know yeah, yeah and yeah. like you know like as a dedicated parent whatever you know a dedicated recluse you know i don't really go very much yeah. you know like it takes me like having to perform that's what the weird thing is like, yeah like generally like when i go to play a show like i'm just happy to see faces right right you know yeah you know that I, that i don't get to see yeah. you know nearly yeah. enough yeah but that's cool to like have like that entire plan that was kind of the thing that was stressing you out to just like have that go to shit kind of and yeah. then you have to you have to you have to you have to embrace the room you have to embrace the situation you have to kind of go for it all well, over yeah, again just, yeah i look around and i'm like no one cares yeah. you know what i mean yeah yeah i'll yeah. be like maybe this is like this is something that's dear to me maybe this will be dear, dear to, to someone else in well, the room that no one cares that's, but yeah. that no one knows necessarily what your intent was yeah. so yeah. to them they're still getting a genuine experience from you yeah they just don't know that they just don't know that it wasn't what you had, had planned yeah you know yeah, yeah. Right. Well, it's also really like, you know, I'm putting a line to the world. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. you know, um, 
you know, like I played this Eric's Trip song. Yeah. You know, huge, which was like was really, we you know, yeah, like I was really like, that was a big deal for me. Yeah. You know, like in high school. And I was like, well, maybe it's a big deal for someone else. Yeah. And yeah. like it, it was, you yeah. know, like, and like, look, that guy Anthony, who's just lovely. And yeah. you're right. Like I, I'd never met him. Like yeah. we've been orbiting each other for like 15 years yeah, or more. Time. Wow. Um, and it, it took me playing Eric's trip on <laughs> to, to make this my connection. one turntable. Yeah, yeah. But it's so interesting how people can coexist in the same world and in the same arguably scene, if you yeah, will. Or same or, bubble. or yeah. same bubble, yeah. And then just but not know each other, you know? Yeah. And not know that they have this thing in common. Yeah, have like, like a mutual great love. have so much in common with each other and just like it's just crazy. Like I feel like this exists yeah. so much more than we even realize, where there's just certain people that exist in your orbit but you've just never actually connected with them yeah yeah for sure i mean also it kind of like it speaks a little bit to the you know the kind of like cracked idealism of you know underground club culture right. or whatever you you know yeah want to call it mm -hmm. you know like the, the idea of like the community is not as like right tightly knit as, you know as, as you like imagine yeah you know like yeah. yeah and there's a lot of people like i feel kind of like i live most of my life feeling alienated just because of the way that i grew up mm -hmm. you know what i mean mm -hmm. um so you know like i i go out to parties my whole life and go home yeah. feeling yeah you know like invigorated but yeah often very alone or sometimes yeah. even more alone than when i went in the first place yeah. right you know um like it's just my personal trip but like you no, know i'm kind of like my like in those moments you know instead of being like poor me or something i have no interest in that i'm more into like oh i love the idea that someone else is maybe having the same experience mm -hmm. yeah. you know and i'm not well i don't i definitely don't think you're alone in that in that yeah. that feeling because there's almost this like rush it's almost like coming off of a drug sometimes when you're like at a party like that and you're expecting something maybe your expectations are too high of like what this great community feeling is going to feel like what this party what it's going to be like connecting with all these people and it never lives up to that expectation but then especially like post quarantine coming off of being surrounded by no one mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden going into this rush of being surrounded by all these people uh you're kind of like you're like I want more of this. I need more of this. Like, yeah, you get stimulated by, it. and then as soon as you leave, and I felt this before quarantine too. But like, once you leave, you're kind of left with this empty feeling where it's like, oh right, it didn't, it didn't scratch that itch. You know, right. it didn't get that thing out of me, or didn't provide that catharsis. And now you're left being like, oh, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, it's yeah. this weird, it's a strange feeling. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I don't. I definitely don't think you're alone in that feeling. I think that's 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 far-reaching. Mm -hmm. The Eric's Trip song was one of those things too, where I, I heard it and I was like, and I've only recently discovered Eric's Trip. Like I'm relatively young, but I discovered Eric's Trip through what through what avenue? Just through Spotify. I think like a girl showed me it or something, and I uh, it was like probably a year or so ago. Mm -hmm. but, but yeah, I heard that and it was just like, yeah, like yes, yeah. yeah. And then when you played it, I was like, I didn't recognize it at first too, and then. But I knew that I knew the song, and it was one of those like crazy feelings where you like you know that you know this thing, but you're not sure from where. And mm -hmm. it was just like it was bringing up so many emotions, and like that of just. But like, you also mm. pulled this off, in which Anthony went nuts for it when you played the Ashley McIsaac song. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's these. He was like hating on it though, but he was like, <laughs> uh, but I was I was so into it because like you know, um, hi you know, high Anthony. 
Uh-huh. But you know that I'm obsessed with that song now. Yeah. I had never heard it. Oh, really? A couple people who listen to the pod, because I think we mentioned it on that episode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And now there's people who listen to the pod who are like, I'm listening to Ashley McIsaac yeah. again. <laughs> it, it, was a, it was a topic of conversation on the Anthony episode. Yeah. And we ended the episode with that song. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, very good. I haven't yeah. heard it yet. I can't wait to check that out. <laughs> But I, I mean, I think that like you know what I discussed with him that night was just, you know, like I think that he was kind of saying that he was sort of maybe initially repulsed by it when I was on the radio. Yeah, I don't know if this is succinct with what he actually said on. Yeah, your yeah, he show, said at the, but, time, at the time. Yeah, something he was he. It was he hated it so much that he's repressed the memory until yeah. that exact moment when you played it. Well, but it's so funny when things that will be like you know. You know temporarily ubiquitous then they just sort of fade and then like no one conjures them yeah so like and the way that all sorts of things are constantly being you know they're not even like rehashed it's just we're inundated you know what i mean yeah, like yeah. with like with playlists you know curated playlists and all this stuff like you just kind of can't get away from every era at every moment of every day yeah. you know um, and when something, lost, when some, yeah, when it gets lost, I mean, it's just so impossible, and yeah. like it really can make you feel a lot of things. Yeah, well, you know, that's, the, that's the thing about these playlists and such yeah. that will do, you know, like a best of the best of nineteen ninety nine. Yeah, you know, it's like sure you can put the twenty number ones or whatever of the year, yeah. all the number ones of the year, but I'm sure there was like another. A number two song that never made it to number one but was maybe number two for x amount of weeks or whatever yeah and like these songs get forgotten there are things that get forgotten because these sort of you know gatekeepers that are creating these playlists or whatever mm-hmm. are basically like rewriting history and saying like this is a thing and then you also have to forget about the sort of hyper localization of things as well it's like you know a, a 90s playlist in the states might not have eric strip on it mm-hmm. but a canadian 90s one would and yeah. if you're basing that on like what was important music to you in the 90s on the radio or on college radio and stuff that it's gonna like, like those things will just get lost mm-hmm. within like these sort of algorithmic playlists and things like that you know yeah. it's interesting yeah. just to think about what what we're forgetting because when you do discover these things and then you realize that other people also just like remember them, yeah, and have their own experiences with them. Mm-hmm. It's such a funny, it's a, such a funny thing to witness. Yeah. But you also can never sell short like the like bizarre legs that these things have. Yeah. You know, like I yeah. remember um, the first time I went to Lisbon, just on a trip, mm-hmm. like in my kind of early twenties. Um, you know, I kind of went to this sort of there was this like intersection in the Barro Alto where it was just like kind of cool or whatever. There was like, like a coffee shop and a salon. And it's just like, you know, you, you had a, you felt like you were at Queen of Bathurst of the Barro Alto. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. And the salon was just like cranking Danko Jones, Hmm. you know? (laughs) And I was like, I I was like, this is really weird to me, you know? (laughs) And I just like couldn't let it go. And I like went in, like started talking to like a hairdresser while they were working. Mm -hmm. The door, like the doors were just open, you know what I mean? And and they were just like, oh yeah, we, you know. We love Danko. We love Danko. And I was just sort of like, cool, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Um, such a weird, that's so weird to me though. Because also just like music crosses over in such bizarre ways. Yeah. It is the sort of like, you know, the, the sort of joke of the come to Brazil kind of thing. Yeah. Where you forget that music specific and hyper, hyper localized music can just cross over to other specific hyper localized 
areas. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. fascinating stuff. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. There's just like so much music. There's so much mm-hmm. that's like it's obviously some is bound to be forgotten, but it's but then when there's something that like hits deep for you at a certain period of time that you've forgotten about. That's like the crazy thing to me is when there's something that you were like so consumed by at a certain period of your life mm-hmm. that you then hear like walking past a barber shop mm-hmm. or something yeah. like that and then you're just taken back fully to that period in your life when yeah. you were consumed by that music. Like yeah, that yeah. can be so insane too. So do, do any of these moments come into your sort of when you're getting into DJing, like when you're getting ready to perform, are, are these sort of, are any of these ideas a part of the process yeah but i mean like subconsciously right like mm. it's just my like life mm. yeah in the way i see things yeah so i don't make much of a or i'm rather i'm unable to make a distinction mm-hmm. i guess like that someone that might be able to like draw a line between their themselves and their creativity is someone that has like maybe some kind of particular um maybe professional trajectory right. or yeah, something yeah. where they're like I'm doing you know I'm going to do this thing they're like setting an intention yeah, yeah. like I have no intention yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. so yeah. um and there's no right or wrong or good or bad yeah. you know I just have no intention yeah yeah right. that's you know? really that's fascinating yeah, that's really cool <laughs> yeah no it's sick but there are things that like I do feel like I definitely have if you, if you wanna you know yeah Let's go. Yeah, like <laughs> there's things I really believe, uh-huh. right. you know, that I I would like to represent, and I become more conscious of it, um, you know, over time. But like, like one example would be, I think that this very notion of like returning the themes in our lives is like, yeah. you know, essential, mm-hmm. um, you know, to not lose touch with, and I f- I kind of think that you know the way that like dj sets are generally structured are you know sort of they're very knowing yeah you know of Mm -hmm. uh, you know uh of what they they need to do like they it's a party we have to keep the party going if if that's what you know that's just one way to Mm -hmm. be but you know it's sort of very linear you know it's it is it is Yeah. yeah but like i i really it's very important for me to like present things in a very non-linear way mm-hmm. yeah um I, just because i need to feel i need to feel a sense of peace right. you know yeah, um yeah. you know in my own life you know being, no, I, yeah. being open to recognizing like these returning forms you know mm-hmm. it's like you know whether it be like certain types of you know like kind of like the way that certain like traumas will return yeah you know, it's like I become better and better at, at dealing with them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. Uh, can even like, you know, can even feel amazing, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. when I'm yeah. feeling strong and I'm faced with some sort of returning trauma. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Like I'm just sort of like. It can feel like triumphant. Yeah. yeah. You know. Um, yeah. It's, so like that, that's really something that like I feel like I need to represent, I guess. Mm-hmm. No, and I, th- yeah. I think it's important because I think I, I. To my knowledge, nobody else that I know is doing this in the city. Everything is very linear, like you said. It's mm-hmm. and it, there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not trying to criticize. Yeah, they both have their place. Yeah, like you know, a linear party in the sense of a certain type of release 
yeah, has its place. The tension it's important. Release, it's, yeah. yeah, it's like you're going, you've had your maybe your nine to five work week and you're going to let loose at the party. You yeah. know, that's a thing where the linear, you know, keep it steady, keep it going, boom, 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 boom. You can dance for four hours, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but that being said, when it when it becomes the only form of presenting music on a sound system, it becomes boring. Well, and I also don't think that like your stuff, from what I've heard, doesn't do that necessarily. Like it almost does do that in its own way, mm-hmm. where it's like there was that like there was that like re- that seven inch of someone just screaming. It was a pink one. Oh, those are pigs. Those are pigs. Okay. Yeah, they're pig. <laughs> those are pigs in a slaughterhouse in uh, in like rural. <laughs> Britain. You have this pressed on vinyl. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't press it. But like that was one of those things where it was like it was building tension in a way that like other people have done. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how to articulate this. I could see that just easy, me me being there and being annoyed by that. You know what I mean? Me being like, I don't want to hear this. But the way that you did it, somehow mm-hmm. it worked. Mm-hmm. And then it was it was followed by this great release and this great catharsis of i forget what came after it but yeah. it was just like it, it has worked so well yeah and in a way that could have just as easily been that it could have not worked and could have come up and could have just like killed the vibe but it didn't you know mm-hmm. what i mean yeah it didn't take down the energy it like it genuinely it did the job of like creating that t- t- attention so that it could be released mm-hmm. in just a great way yeah well i mean you know i think that there's definitely like a lot of sort of nihilistic people and there's a lot of nihilistic you know artists and djs where they want to make that a value unto itself Mm -hmm. i think that like it's loses a lot of traction over the years there's something about like a man and like a white man in particular that really just like (laughs) wants to fucking sour yeah yeah everyone's vibe (laughs) you know what i mean like they're like like they're like they're like just trying to say like don't you know this is all a joke or something like right. that? Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like, I just find it like, yeah, I find it really, you know, I don't appreciate it. No, no I, I, you know, yeah. I don't yeah. think it's, I don't think it's a joke. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't yeah, think yeah. anyone's life is a joke. You yeah. know? Yeah. I love that. Um, but I do like these endlessly cascading moments of tension and release. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. In anticipation, because again, like I say, like I just do what I, I want. Like what I need to yeah. feel, yeah. You know, like I need to anticipate life's moments. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't want to know what's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. You know, tomorrow, and I'm a fool to think that I, I ever you could. Think, you you th- know, yeah. Do you think this has something to do with maybe the with the way your own life is? Because I always wonder how people react to this. But you know, I've always been told, compared to my personality, that the music I make is very dark. Mm-hmm. Whereas my personality is very bubbly and happy and whatever and this mm-hmm. and that. And over time, I've sort of grown to just realize that, you know, my release, as we've discussed, like mm-hmm. my way of going to that place or getting out those emotions or experiencing those things that I don't necessarily show out loud to people in my day to day life, I express mm-hmm. by getting them out that way. Right. Yeah. Do you think that this sort of catharsis of, of the way you're presenting this music is in some way connected to your life? Yeah, of course. I mean, I would. I can't imagine that. Again, like not to not to knock anyone, but like mm-hmm. I, I can't imagine it not being like that. Yeah. You know, it's like. Uh, 
I think that it's meant to be the, uh, you know, the balancing factor in our life. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. it's like you were too far in one way. Like, what can we do? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, to bring ourselves back. Right. You know? Yeah. yeah but it's yeah. a balance. Yeah. Or, yeah. or finding a way to balance something out. Well, I think it's, you just know, like, 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 like yeah. Like it's you know, you can talk shit about dead people. Like, <laughs> like, like Chet Baker, yeah. you know, yeah. Yeah. who makes, you know, like, not, I won't even contribute my, you know thoughts and feelings but you know yeah. it's said to make beautiful music right. <laughs> and it's said to be a terrible person yeah. right yeah, yeah. you know mm-hmm. um so there's that yeah, yeah. <laughs> i, I actually didn't know that chet baker was a terrible person i don't know look into it <laughs> i will we don't have time for that today <laughs> <laughs> no we're not going over the story of chet baker no, we won't. Yeah. Yeah. but yeah no i think it's like like it feels as if to be life's version of like like auto steering like steering you back into centeredness like with 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 like art and stuff the things that you were just like like instinctually driven to create Mm -hmm. are like the things it's like 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 you said it's like this is a place that you're off balance so this is the way in which you're going to get back on balance is by focusing your your artistic intention on this thing and it does it like 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 with you it's like yeah, you're a bubbly person in all aspects of your life, so you need this art to help steer you back yeah. into balance. Mm-hmm. Of like, because we we have light and dark. Yeah, yeah. you know we have mm-hmm. good and evil within us. Mm-hmm. No, it's <laughs> and true. like and um, and this can, and this is a great way to keep us balanced and to, and to help purge or bring up or utilize the energy that is that is not being utilized in your day to day life. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, it also feels good to take a chance and mm-hmm. to you know, you know, in the sense that like I encourage everyone to take mm-hmm. many more chances mm-hmm. you know in the sense that you know maybe we only have one life to live mm-hmm. yeah yeah um so you know uh, again i would love to communicate that and i'm very happy with the chance that something can fall totally flat yeah you know mm-hmm. yeah um but that's, important. I, I, that's i guess important. i would rather that you know what i mean like that's what i mean about like like yeah. you could feel good about it just like bombing mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, exactly. yeah. I mean, because at least at the end of the day, you feel something. Yeah. You know, I would say that, you know, bombing and doing a great job are better than just doing 10 mediocre performances. Yeah. Uh, because then it becomes just monotonous. Then you're not even actually, you're not feeling anything. What's, what is the point? Yeah. At that point, what is the point? If, what is the point of art if not to feel something? Yeah. In my opinion. No, 100%. It's the I only. The only thing thing that matters to me when it comes to <laughs> cheers josh <laughs> <laughs> yeah 100% <laughs> the only thing yeah yeah so i mean yeah if you can feel if you feel something negative at least you're still feeling something and there's always just more mm-hmm. so another like another like to add to that you know i think that people feel this sort of need to to qualify mm art mm-hmm. you know that i i don't certainly don't feel mm-hmm. like i just don't i don't even know what it, it is that you know it's so uh it's so in the eye of the beholder i mean like there's no such thing as good or bad work mm-hmm. yeah no I know. you know and and it's funny like understanding that that everyone still feels compelled yeah to make good work mm-hmm. or to or to you know to to criticize everything mm-hmm. like i i get so much out of bad yeah, yeah. 
work you know what i mean like i just yeah. get so much yeah, you know yeah. like i'm actually like a terrible dj like i can't <laughs> i can't mix you know um and i don't want to yeah, yeah, yeah. like i don't want to be good yeah you know yeah, yeah, yeah um i want to be more free than that yeah yeah, yeah. you know yeah. i don't want to worry about that yeah i want to be focused way more on that you know what i'm thinking and feeling than, at the time than a, yeah. Than a, yeah than a good mixer yeah you know yeah and like you know as a busy parent i don't have a lot of time to practice and yeah. i don't play out enough to be good yeah so you know maybe if i did i'd yeah. feel differently yeah, yeah but i do have a lot of time to drive around in a van killing bugs and <laughs> alone yeah and yeah. uh i can listen to music all day yeah and i can draw all sorts of connections between things yeah you know yeah. Uh, unexpectedly and you know uh what's amazing is when when i find two records that that fit together with no alteration they they weren't made to go together they have nothing to do with each other yet they just happen to be the same pitch and tempo mm -hmm. and they create this this thing mm -hmm. that sounds entirely as one yeah and you know i think that that feeds into the way not necessarily that i see the world but in terms of like what I could maybe contribute to the world, if anything, that would be maybe the greatest thing, mm. you know? Yeah. I think that I'm going to say some things that I've never said aloud before, but, you know, I'm really inspired by um, a lot of the big producers of the last couple of years, you know, people like Arca mm -hmm. and uh, Alicia Crampton is mm -hmm. maybe my favorite ever. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, those are people that uh, if we've been following them, we they were you know of one uh you know apparent gender mm -hmm. and have you know uh had a marvelous um creative transition mm -hmm. and a and a marvelous transition in their their identities and i think that what's so interesting about those artists to me is that they they make this this music that is so liquid Mm -hmm. um also jesse khan does visuals for mm -hmm. arca like yeah. uh, it's so amazing like how how similar like mm -hmm. how the, the 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 work looks like the music sounds it does and yeah the, and the music yeah. sounds like the work looks um that's amazing they found each other and they mm -hmm. seem to be yeah. really yeah, you know yeah. connected yeah um but you know i think that it speaks volumes to this notion that the that those people potentially were um you know you know put forth into uh, a world that they you know that they didn't they didn't feel that they they could they they didn't want to accept you know what i mean yeah. like a, a heteronormative world mm. um you know like a, an oppressively conservative world mm. you know um you know f where you're meant to measure to all sorts of society's expectations mm -hmm. and you know they've taken that and they've created their own individual universes by really melting everything down mm -hmm. um and they've done it you know vi uh yeah in their own ways mm -hmm. and you know i like i just am just so in love with especially alicia mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. um I could listen to it forever and go on about it like yeah, forever. Yeah. Well, yeah. even like um, the old like the E plus E stuff. Yeah, yeah. the the evolution of that yeah. music. Her music. What's what? What does she go by now? I, well, she has you know a couple of different kind of 
but there's incarnations. One, there's one project that's like the current one. I forget what it's called now. I, I'm not gonna attempt to pronounce. Okay. It. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't know. But yeah. it's just, but just sonically, it's just like these are, and with Ark as well. Like, like it's, it's been, it's been at the end of the day, it's been fun mm-hmm. to watch these artists grow. You know what yeah. I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I was an Arca fan from the beginning. Honestly, I I saw her play in 2012 in New York. Wow. And it was just Lucky. like beats. Yeah. Wow. And it was just like you know, it was it was this, the the music was amazing, but 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 the the character and the performance had wasn't there yet. Mm-hmm. But like the way the crowd was still transfixed by this music because it didn't yeah. sound like anything I I had ever heard in my life, period. Yeah. And I think about these moments all the time. I'm always my favorite moments in my life have been where I heard something new for the first time and unfortunately it has not happened to me recently but like it hasn't happened to many people recently but that was a moment that i remember being like i don't even know what this is yeah like like i and you know like with the early arca stuff it Mm -hmm. was like beats if you will Mm -hmm. but they didn't sound like they weren't like hip-hop beats Mm -hmm. they weren't like rap beats they weren't trap beats they were like these like mutant Timberland beats, but then they mm-hmm. weren't. It was like it was. I even as I just try to describe it now, I can't. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and like those are the moments that I like look for. And I think that like that not being able to describe it thing is huge in in what is like not again not to promote a hierarchy of art, but like the art that really connects with people is the stuff that you actually cannot put mm-hmm. into words. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because because that's the point, and I think people have a hard time with that. Yeah, sometimes. the fucking death of magic. Yeah, the yeah. death of magic. It's the death yeah. of magic mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we witness so much death of magic on a day-to-day basis and it's like this pragmatic left brain intention to just like to just uh, categorize things and to like make sense of things but there's some things that just like are better off not making sense of you mm-hmm. know mm-hmm. because they 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 go beyond that and that's yeah. that's the ma- that's the magic of them is that they go beyond that it's completely yeah yeah well, I actually take that back because I would honestly say that your set, the last two sets that you did, were things that I had actually. Now I yeah. say this in the sense I, it's not the same because like there's no recording of it, and I'm, and the part of me goes like, fuck, I wish there was a recording of that. That's but then another yeah. part of there me actually goes, is Raph recorded it. Oh, oh okay, yeah, oh, that's shit. yeah, but you'll just that. hear how sloppy and. No, but, the, but but the, but here's the thing I was yeah. gonna say: well, the other sort of magic about it is that I almost don't want to hear it yeah you know what i mean yeah because, but because it, you know, had but, to be there it was it's like a it's like a yeah, lot exactly i mean yeah. it's just like you know you know as much as we want to to pray to the you know at the altar of music yeah. it's just like such a small piece yeah of the picture yeah. you know what i mean yeah. and well, the recording is such a small piece of the picture yeah whereas yeah it's a, it was about that night yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know? it was about the night it was about the experience it was about it was about the people it was about the vibe it was about the room yeah it yeah. was about it being small and but it was also about it being giving off the rowdiness of a sweaty basement club where you can go crazy but it was a wine bar you (laughs) know what i mean yeah it was like a pretty like fancy wine bar it was like there were so many variables that were just like made it so sick yeah that like i honestly it was very illuminated (laughs) i didn't feel like people in toronto were like used to seeing each other yeah yeah well because everything's dark Yeah. yeah But honestly, like, and you can even ask Lauren about this. The next day, I was so, like, happy after yeah. last night. I can't stop thinking about that night. That was the, like, yeah. I was, like, 
I was like rejuvenated. Like I literally said that like that night like made me new again. I think I said it to you. I said <laughs> it, I felt new again. That's very nice. That makes me very happy. It was a beautiful. I felt really good too, as you should. I almost canceled right before too. I know you did. So anxiety. Which again just adds to this sort of like. It almost didn't happen. Yeah, it's like it's like, but what? But something brought you there. Not to get higher powery, but like you know something. (laughs) I don't know something. There's a reason. There was a re. I don't know. Something really lined up that night. I I don't know what it Mm -hmm. was. I don't subscribe to any particular thing but something just like i don't know the it was one of those just perfect things the energy was just there i had a similar thing that night again not just like this but like yeah i had a similar thing that night where i was like i was on my way home from work i was going to go to bed but i just had this inclination that i like wanted to do something i was literally in bed when you texted me like i was like i had given up on that night i was like because i texted a couple friends and i was like and i'd already walked past little jerry not knowing that you guys were there or maybe you guys weren't there yet but Mm -hmm. You know, I like wanted to do something that I wanted to see. But I just had this inclination to like go out that night. Yeah, and then it just it wasn't working out. And then I was in bed, about to go to sleep, and you're like, "We're at little Jerry Kemmel." I was just like, "Yes." <laughs> it's it one of those things where I just like I you're knew like, that I there wanted to, but then I was there, and it was great, and it was yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that is yeah, it's amazing when people get on their phones. You know, <laughs> know. you should just. Uh, but again, every time I DJ, I need you to come and tell someone that like uh, Blood Orange is going to do karaoke in twenty minutes. <laughs> Deep cut. Yeah. If you're, from, um, if you're from Toronto, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, that night, honestly, like, just like a final note on mm-hmm. it was just that this guy came in off the street and was just standing next to the DJ booth. Just like kind of just vibing, and yeah. then like at some point, you know, he was just like, "I just gotta say, I just was walking by." Wow! wow. And he was like, "It just sounded so crazy. I just had to come in and talk to you." <laughs> and then I was like, "He's like, how do I follow you?" And I was like, "Well, I don't use. I'm not on the internet." Yeah. So I just like gave him my phone number. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "It's got a coffee," but he has, he hasn't messaged me yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I suppose we should talk about that a little bit, the no social media and no on the internet. Because Lauren actually yeah. just, just went dark. Went she dark. went dark? Oh, she okay. Dark. She yeah. got rid of Twitter, Instagram, everything. Just oh, my gosh. Email. Yeah. She and she loves it. She's yeah. truly to be been fair, loving it. has been pretty, pretty quick. It's only been a couple of days. Yeah, but, but she's been talking about how much she likes it. Yeah. Yeah. Is there, because you had Instagram at one point. I did, yeah, for a bit. Yeah. yeah I, I don't know how long it's been, but it's been okay. a while. What are your thoughts on social media? I don't know. It's kind of, I mean, you could probably, you know, guess, mm-hmm. you know, what mm-hmm. they are. But truthfully, it's just like all things is personal. Mm-hmm. Like it works for some people and it doesn't for others. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. No, I understand that. Yeah. Cause... I do think, I mean, Shout out Nick Marion. He did say that it was like uh, it was 2012, the year that Instagram started. Maybe something like he that. says that that was like the Mayan uh, apocalyptic prophecy Ooh. realized. Yeah, you know, and I didn't. I didn't say. <laughs> I didn't say no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, well, again, yeah, I don't know. I believe that. I, I don't know when I, I want. I actually want to find out when Instagram started. I, I have a lot of friends who have theories that the world actually did end in 2012. Really? <laughs> and this is just sometimes I'm like, not no, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, uh, something happened again. Shift. 
The vibes are always shifting. I don't know. Always shifting. But yeah, I, I, I have a hard time getting too gloomy about Instagram. I don't want to get too gloomy about it mm-hmm. because I know that it's part of my life. Mm-hmm. And I know that I can't really or don't necessarily want to go dark. Like there is part of me that would love to be off the internet altogether. Um, but there's also something that's pulling me there, you mm-hmm. know, and, and whether or not that's like this artificial intelligent, you know, mm-hmm. force that is dangerous and maybe isn't good for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, yeah. <laughs> but like I'm on it, you know, I'm there and a lot of my life unfortunately revolves around it mm-hmm. and is, 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 you know, is it, it like provides its sustenance. Yeah. So it's, it's a bit scary how much we are reliant on it. Yeah. Though. Yeah, but it's also like nothing's new. Like yeah. people went dark before the internet. Yeah, yeah, yeah Like yeah, they just true. like yeah. left didn't, town. Yeah, they just left town. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. true. People did go dark before the yeah. internet. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And uh, and right. and the thing is that it's always like, you know, we all we all complete each other. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, for instance, uh, like like I'm I'm off, but people promote shows yeah mm-hmm. exclusively online and yeah. i enjoy going to them yeah yeah, yeah. you know like yeah. I, I you know god bless them yeah you know yeah so um yeah you know so do you feel ever as if you're like missing something like all the time not being on it yeah sure yeah yeah but uh i gain a lot too yeah mm-hmm. yeah no, I have like the utmost respect for that because, because the thing you also realize is that when I would look, we talked about this earlier, but you know, when I look at my DMs, it's usually the same six people and mm-hmm. those same six people are the people that I have their phone numbers for. Mm-hmm. So it's not like when you, when you're, when you're deactivated or whatever, mm-hmm. it's not like you don't have a phone. Mm-hmm. Like the, the, the fact that we make such a big deal out of someone being like, what? Mm-hmm. I can't find you on the internet. Yeah. It's like. It's not, like, it's not like you're like this like Amish guy like, or like a, sorry like a pioneer like you know yeah like you have a phone and like a you know electronics yeah you know? sure what's Mike Jones phone number I don't know <laughs> I don't know <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he used to put it on every track I know he did yeah we should start just like handing out yeah cards you honestly know. like it's the same number no one calls him <laughs> no one calls him now yeah um, I think that like, uh, sorry, Mike, I think that like, well, I mean, like also as a parent, you know, you know, like my daughter's a sponge for everything, mm-hmm. you know, it's like words are nothing. Yeah. You know, when you're a parent, actions are everything. Yeah. Right? You, know, you can't tell a kid like, do this, don't do this. Yeah. yeah. Just forget about it. Yeah. You know, um, yeah, everything is, is your modeling. Right. So. So she sees me not online, mm-hmm. and I show her that there's life beyond, beyond the internet. Yeah, which is you know so important. Yeah, like so important to just yeah. maintain. Do you have a TV at home? We do. We don't have cable, but okay. we have yeah. it's a screen. Yeah, yeah. But, but I mean, even just minimize. She's got no iPad. There's no iPad though. Right, right. But just the sort of minimizing of screen time, I think, is important because. I think, yeah, I don't even, like. It's not even. You have to lead by example, right? Like, mm-hmm. like it's restricting the kid isn't probably going to do much you know what i mean mm-hmm. like telling them that they can't they yeah. can only be on for an hour like my my sister has a i have a nephew that's three mm-hmm. um 
and he doesn't listen. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. he doesn't listen when you say "don't do this" or "don't do that." Yeah. It's, it's it's that's that those aren't words that he cares about. You know, yeah. mm-hmm. it's it's fully just you know I, you just see him mimicking the behavior that's around him or. Or yeah, just to, yeah, like being a sponge and mm-hmm. absorbing the things that are around him, and and that's why you just, the only way I think is like leading by example. Yeah, no one likes hearing no, and no like one, yeah. like I always like for instance like I tell her I'm like like you can have all the candy you want, mm. yeah. you know, yeah, you just find the right candy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's out there. Yeah, yeah. people have made it. Yeah. You know, yeah. it also grows on trees. Like, yeah, 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 you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and she knows that. Yeah. She knows what the good stuff is. Yeah. You know, she's seven. She knows how to look at a label and like. Right. And figure out what. You know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, yeah. You know, there's no candy ban. Yeah. You know, it's <laughs> yeah. like it's yeah. not gonna put me in her good books. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know. Yeah. So I think that yeah, I'm trying to make her like a, you know, a good, um, you know, consumer. You know, I use that word trepidatiously, but yeah. I mean like in the way that like, mm-hmm. you know, we consume an apple. You know yeah. what I mean? Like. Yeah. Or just yeah. consume oxygen. You know. Yeah. Um. Uh, I do know that there's like a to not name any names, but there's this one musician I really admire who has kids that are grown up now. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I had heard this story that they didn't have like uh, video games in their house, and that it really made it hard for their children to make friends. Right. right. Um. And starting around, who knows what grade, but you know, like whatever, mm-hmm. prime video game age. Yeah. Because that's what everyone was doing. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, you didn't have a system. No one wanted to go to your house. Right. You know, you're not good at the games. You're not getting invited mm-hmm. or your parents aren't giving, you know, they're not letting you go over to those kids' house, yeah. houses, you know. And I think that, you know, that was probably a bit of a ride. Yeah, you know, yeah. Um, those kids are also, from what I gather, impossibly cool and creative now. Yeah, yeah. you know. So, um, yeah, yeah. I hopefully, they, hopefully they, you know, mm-hmm. I think that they know their parents are looking out for them. Mm-hmm. But they probably had to feel a bit alienated, you know, for yeah. a while. Yeah. yeah, but you know, we all feel alienated. Yeah, <laughs> that's the thing. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, yeah, yeah, yeah honestly, it's, it's it's a part of. What's How do you? Of... Let me ask you guys. Let me host my podcast. Okay. My within your podcast. Okay. okay. Thanks for coming, Josh. Thanks for coming, Austin. How, so, how do you not do feel you alienated? That's a good question. Or when do you when do you feel not alienated? Uh, no, not not to put it in the negative. Like, when do you feel like sense of inclusion? Um, I that's interesting because I kind of have this balance in my life that is so much about my home life and my my presenting life, if you will, mm-hmm. and I've learned to make myself be included into things because I never felt included a lot when I was younger. Mm. So I like figured out a way to like almost play the game a little bit. Right. Whether mm-hmm. it be talking to people or getting to know Which people. you're very good at. But I but I but I I'm inherently like a, a somewhat shy person. I am. Mm-hmm. And I I I when I'm not saying that I'm like a fake person. I'm just saying that I've learned to overcome human interaction how to 
talk to people, right. mm-hmm. which is something that I struggled with a lot when I was like younger. Mm-hmm. And I would say up until like the end of high school was when I was very much like, like it wasn't like a loner. Like I, I had friends and stuff too, but it's just this thing where I just sort of learned to be like, okay, like I am interested in like music. I'm going to go talk to some people about music right. because I, mm-hmm. I want to talk to them about these things that I'm interested in. And the only way that it's going to happen is if I make, if I put myself in these positions. Yeah. So I definitely feel included all the time, mm-hmm. but I think it's because I put myself I, I, I just insert myself into the places that I want to be included in. Right. Yeah. I feel like I've only come to that realization recently, to mm-hmm. be honest. Um, like I spent like the last, after, after the quarantine and stuff and even like during quarantine and even a bit before quarantine, like moving to a new city and stuff like that, there was this like, like for the first time, no, not for the first time, but magnified for the first time, this intense feeling of alienation from like, everyone mm-hmm. like from the entire world and i think everybody feels like this to a certain degree i think this is again just like part of life this is intense feeling of your own individuality and your own se- your own self mm-hmm. that you feel not not in a positive way either just like that you feel your separation from everyone mm-hmm. and you feel as if your problems are so obscure and, and so your own and you feel like no one understands you like all mm-hmm. of that stuff that everybody goes through and it was so rapid and so intense and especially coming like in, w- within quarantine where I wasn't really talking to people I wasn't really communicating how I was feeling with people and I and therefore was not getting the the feedback loop of how everyone else was feeling mm-hmm. um, and it wasn't until recently like meeting you and starting to go to parties and stuff <laughs> yeah. and like, putting myself in these situations that I hadn't been in that I started to feel like okay right we are not so different all of us yeah you know, we are we are we do go through the same things and we do experience the sa- a similar reality and what i feel you probably have felt and, mm-hmm. and in different and varying degrees but but that has been huge for me of just like and this is this is i think the big problem the big problem and the big the nice thing about the internet mm-hmm. uh not to talk about that too much but like is that you you don't actually you you can express things and you can find people that have similar interests as you but you're not actually speaking to them in real life mm-hmm. you know what i mean and mm-hmm. so there's this lack of this this face-to-face connection and this face-to-face understanding of like when you like when you say something out loud to mm-hmm. someone and you tell them like i feel this way or i think this thing as soon as you say it out loud it becomes like an entirely different thing like that that is but when you type it into a computer mm-hmm. and you don't get that direct conversation you don't get to read their face you don't get to see their reaction you don't get to like mm-hmm. really have that conversation it it's a totally different thing, yeah. right? And mm-hmm. so coming off of quarantine and just being in my room, doing my, doing my thing by myself, I felt so, so alienated. But it's interesting to think that you are so much the product of your environment. Mm-hmm. And I mean that in the sense that like, you know, during quarantine, if you will, I was, you know, a loner. But that was because it was the product of being forced to be alone or mm-hmm. be around the people that I was choosing to live with and, and hanging out with or whatever. But that became my life and then to switch back into the quote-unquote real world of seeing people out there did take time mm-hmm. but in order to get there i had to make myself a product of the environment that i felt i needed to be a part of again yeah. and i'm not saying specific people or anything but just the very concept of being around people yeah. and the only way for me to do that was to just jump into the pool was yeah. just to be like okay i'm gonna go see some people tonight and then I did, and then you realize that it's probably the same thing for everybody. Yeah. And it's you can get so caught up in your head about being like, well, what if it's 
it's been so long. What if they don't want to like me or what yeah. if they don't like, you know what I mean? You, you think about these things, yeah. but mm-hmm. once you just go in there, it's usually fine. Yeah. It's, it, it's, feel, uh, it feels as if we're all in the part of the hero's journey where we're like returning with the elixir, you know, like, mm-hmm. like this is like the hero's journey usually has this period of like everyone going off into solitude and like, like Jesus did this, all these people did this, where they have this period of their life where they go into this solitude yeah. and, and it's, I think a very important part for all of our journeys. And, and now we're all at this point where we're like, we're returning with all of this stuff that we we've learned collected and we've yeah. collected and we've, we've found out about ourselves and we've, you know, and, and and to reincorporate all those things back into to a community mm-hmm. is what we're here for. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it's it's yeah. genuinely what we're here for, and it's it's been crazy to just like collectively see all of these people doing that, mm-hmm. and for me to be doing that, for us all to be doing that together. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, no, yeah. Thanks for turning it on us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> also, just for the listeners at home, thanks for tuning in. <laughs> we're we're all wearing. We showed up to this thing wearing. Black hoodies. We're all wearing black hoodies. Yeah, that was the uh, that was the look for today. Yeah, I guess so. It's always the look. I know. It's always, <laughs> this is this is my uh, my uniform at this point. Um, no, go ahead. I feel like you had something to say. No. Is that the end of uh, Is that the end of your pod? Or you got more questions for it? That's the end of yeah. That's the end of that episode. Okay. All right. Yeah. Until next time. Yeah. Welcome back to Cool Bar. All right, we're back. <laughs> um, what do you want to know? Ask me some questions. I want to laugh. Uh, yeah, we should, yeah. Okay. What have you been? Have you been watching anything funny? Are you watching anything? What? 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 what what's? What's a well, day in the life? Yeah. I don't. I don't watch anything. Okay. Well, let's I just watch what my uh, daughter or my wife watch. Well, let's yeah. actually hold on. Peppa Pig. <laughs> no, she's like. I guess she's yeah. seven. Jewel. Yeah, she watches like Buffy. Oh, oh sick. Really? Wow. Yeah, we had to we had to pull the plug because it's getting a little too. It was getting a bit. Yeah. Wow. I remember being a kid and watching, you know, not grown up shows, but shows that I thought were grown up shows. Yeah. Yeah. I remember my dad having to screen episodes. I remember that just being a funny thing. He'd really. Be like, like well, we gotta, I gotta screen the episode first before you can watch it. Yeah, <laughs> then he'd right. tape it and be like, yeah. "I can't watch that one." <laughs> I had two older sisters, so I was kind of like always watching. Like the like my older sister was like four years older than me, so I was always watching whatever she was watching. Yeah. <laughs> so I kind of always got to watch the the, the quote unquote yeah, yeah. grown up stuff. Yeah, yeah. Nice. It's, it's <laughs> uh, I want to talk a little bit about the extermination stuff because I think yeah. that's, that's pretty, oh yeah, that's cool. That's, that's yeah. pretty. I feel like you you've constantly got stories about this, and it just seems like such a fascinating job. Yeah. Uh, yeah, sure. It's, I mean, you're, you know, five days a week, I go into strangers' homes. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, uh, you know, I've been doing it for like maybe th- almost three years. You know, I think this fall is three, four years. So, yeah. Um, I've been in a lot of homes. I mean, you know, it's, you even came into my mom, my parents' home. I did, yeah. yeah. You know, <laughs> like there's been a, so much to, yeah. to take from it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but is it mostly bugs that you do? Or is it kind of everything? It's like pests. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, sure. Bugs. <laughs> Rodents. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Bigger animals. What are the what are the bigger animals? Raccoons? Raccoons. Okay. Skunk. Porcupine. Porcupine? And, yeah. And Rosedale. Whoa. Yeah, I mean, I work like... I didn't take any time off really during the pandemic. We were like an essential service. Yeah. So when a lot of people were locked down, I was just like ripping around the city. It was actually like a beautiful time. It mm-hmm. reminded me of 12 Monkeys, right. you know, yeah. like it was just, there was no one on the street, yeah. Yeah, yeah. you know, and 
all this wildlife was, you know, emboldened to come mm-hmm. out from yeah. Toronto's weird little, you know, yeah. um, you know, natural enclaves. Yeah. So people started to have really crazy things. Yeah. You know, like like infesting their homes. Not infesting. Well, no, but, but just like they're just yeah, like like you know, in Rosedale, like this this person had a porcupine that was eating their really expensive tree <laughs> that they had. You know, um, I'm trying to say it without like yeah, yeah. total contempt, but <laughs> you know, um, yeah. yeah, but you know, that that was a highlight, yeah, for sure. yeah, and yeah, I mean, how you deal with that, it's hard to catch a porcupine. How did you catch it? Um, well, you can kind we tried to also just deter it by like, um, you sprinkle coyote urine, okay, you know, um, like around the base of the tree. And then hopefully that's yeah. enough to, to yeah, scare yeah. them off. Yeah, yeah, I can't remember actually how that particular saga, you know, con- <laughs> concluded. But. Yeah, yeah. Damn. So do you, yeah, that's, I, this whole world is so fascinating to me. Uh, like you were telling me earlier about the, that house that you went into. Do you have some like crazy houses like that you went into that were just, or like lives that you, because you kind of get to go and just... Yeah, I like, can't even keep track. Well, you're on. Yeah. Like, some... I do regret that I didn't, like, I, I wasn't more kind of, like, um, actively documenting the earlier days of the job yeah. mm-hmm. because everything was an experience to yeah. me. And now it's sort of like um, I'm at a bit of a critical mass, mm-hmm. you know, or, uh, you know, I'm just trying to, like, get the work done and get through the day. Right, yeah. right, right. And these days now I'm, yeah, I'm trying to, you know, yeah. my mind is going mm-hmm. you know elsewhere right well yeah because it's just a routine at yeah point. yeah um so i'm probably experiencing things and not really even realizing it yeah right you know now but yeah, yeah there's like a greatest hits in there somewhere <laughs> i wanted to make um like i want to make a television show this is where mine's going right now yeah <laughs> yeah but like i want to i want to cast timpa as me <laughs> and um and I want to recreate some of the scenarios that uh, I found myself in. But Timpa's like, not Timpa. He's like, um, got another name and he plays in a death metal band. And, <laughs> yeah. um, and he's like really stoic. And he, uh, you know, he just uh, drives in the van by himself, listening to music and just yeah. sort of uh, will go to these scenarios that yeah. sort of just play out. And, uh, and then he like, you know, He's just like kind of get got to get to band practice, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know if it'll if it's ever gonna happen, but I mean, that's I was just thinking. Uh, my, my, I'm a writer, and he yeah. works in film. And oh, my, we should we oh, should make this happen. We should definitely. Yeah, my, my, my mind has already to. been. I've been stirring up story ideas as soon as. He well, also just even, even the outfit. They just wear all white. Yeah. Well, I so I've actually written. I wrote a short film, not not to like you know self, but like self-talk here but like i wrote a short film about um it was about it was called five stories and it was like interweaving these five people's lives in an apartment building and it was kind of like all connected through the through the eyes of this exterminator um so it's all like very similar interesting <laughs> um but it was it was all just about this yeah this exterminator who was who was yeah just I kind of forced to slow down one day and like step out of his routine and connect with this elderly woman who wanted to like make him tea and mm-hmm. just like sit and talk with him and you know he's kind of like i want to get in i want to do my job i want to get out 
um, but he's kind of forced to like sit down and and, and interact with this woman. Mm-hmm. Um, I, that was like you know so one part of the story, but yeah. So I, this has been an idea that has fascinated me for a while because it, because of the fact that you do get to have these, which is pretty much why we go to the movies mm-hmm. is you get to go and you get to peer into people's lives for a little while. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean and. Mm-hmm. It's interesting to do that. It's nice to do that. It's nice to go and see other people. And back to the conversation before, it's nice to go and see the similarities that there are in your life, the differences and the similarities and the things that like make us connected. And when we go watch a movie, that's like the big, the big thing, right? Is you find something to connect with in that movie and it makes you feel less alone, you know? But didn't you tell me that you went into some house once? And it was like a rooming house. And they were like, there was a woman who was convinced that she had bed bugs, but then the other one was like yelling, being like, no, you're lying. Oh, yeah, sure. Like, I mean, it's just there's so many. It's and endless. She like, looked, she like looked into your yeah. soul or something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was kind of, that place was interesting. It was just like north of Harvard. But uh, the person that like, because the, there's, a, there's a phenomenon, you know, where people... Uh, imagine that they're getting bitten by bugs when they're not. Right. Um, yeah. I think the proper name is formation, but we call it mind bugs, and um, uh, it's really common. And mm. uh, I'm not gonna say it's the hardest part of the job, but you know, people are with a bed bug infestation already like in distress. So imagine someone with a imaginary bed bug infestation. Yeah. <laughs> right. You know, yeah. like. Like I'm sure there's an algebraic equation for that. You know what yeah. I mean? That just wow. is like looks like a volcano. <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. And so that was I was in this rooming house and the person wasn't home. So um, the other three tenants were like just in like I couldn't believe like everyone was such a character and yeah. they were all standing like in their doorways like like passing judgment. You know what I mean? On this person that w- wasn't in attendance. Like they were like, one person thought that he was like lying and trying to like, this is his way of getting attention. And then like another person was like, you know, no, I believe him. And, uh, you know, because I would want to be believed myself, even if it wasn't true. Like it was just like, there was just so many layers. But um, yeah, there was a woman that, you know, uh, lived across the hall from him that, um you know, told me that she was touching my soul. And uh, um, I'm not sure. I mean, I hadn't thought about her until now. So <laughs> I remember we um, talked about it the day it happened. Yeah. Honestly, though, like, that's like the kind of job that doesn't really, like, I don't even, it doesn't fit. I wouldn't even tell that story. Yeah. Right. Really? Yeah. It's, it's gone. It's, it's beyond that at this point. Yeah. That's like, whatever. That's just like another day of work. Wow. Like something that I would want to tell would be like, uh, I can tell on this podcast, but if I was going to maybe, I don't know, put it in a show or something, I feel like I would have to change some details. Mm -hmm. But there was somebody that um, booked a a spider treatment. And not a lot of people book spider treatments because not a lot of people have really massive spider infestations, you know? Like arachnophobia is real, you know. Mm-hmm. Ask John Goodman, but it's <laughs> not something that even that we have to deal with very often. Yeah. Um. Sometimes people just maybe they don't like spiders, uh, you know, uh, a little bit. 
you know, yeah. maybe I've maybe I've done like a dozen in three years. Yeah. But so I showed up to this job, you know, just expecting it to be one of these sort of like unremarkable, um, uh, you know, arachnid scenarios. And there were some scrappy notes, you know, in the Google calendar and it just said the front door was open and um so i went to the front door and opened it and there was like um like a a woman in a a, in a wheelchair like a a quadriplegic woman and she said come on in and she was just you know in her chair in the living room and she i looked in all the the upper corners of the room and there were spiders everywhere and there were spiders like on the on the exterior wind like that covered the exterior windows like i don't know what was going on but it was like there were just so many spiders and such a variety of spiders and and she said she's like i you know i need your help i don't have any use of my arms and spiders are crawling on me oh my god and they crawl and she's like i can't say i enjoy it when they're crawling on my face it was just like wow you know so that was a very unique scenario um like a place i could never have found myself you know (laughs) if i was not doing this job and the thing that was so crazy about that was um I mean, I could talk about it like, like a lot. I no, guess like do. she had a lot of DVDs, um, and she was a deca- uh, decorated academic. She had a lot of diplomas on the wall, wow. and I guess her partner was as well. Um, and he he came home later after we had already been kind of you know uh, you know with her mm-hmm. and when he entered his energy he was like kramer it was so <laughs> it was so big and comical and his humor was so crass and forward and i just like couldn't believe that he was like the other half of that team <laughs> you know um but they they had to leave for the treatment and they left and then when i was leaving i was like we were, we were, I was with a co-worker and we were finished and he's like, we got to get out of here, you know, um, we're on a schedule. And I was like, oh, I didn't do the very back. And I just had this hunch and I went out back and he's like, forget about it. And I went out back and out back was the, like the largest spider that I've ever seen <laughs> in my entire life. Um, like to a point that like, and I felt so bad because I actually sprayed it. Um, Because I felt like it was my job, but it was like the biggest most grotesque and one of the most beautiful things that I've ever seen With an abdomen like the size of like what I remember to be like a tennis ball (laughs) Yeah, like I felt like it was like a scene in a like a horror film where like you un like I actually saved Toronto (laughs) You know like no one will ever know like in that moment Oh my god, you know what I mean? Yeah but Oh my god. Wow. Did you ever have any kind of fear of pests or are you just like did you have to, was there was did you have to was there a learning curve for you to like because I always wonder about that yeah. like you know killing bugs and whatever it's like I don't know like like 
Did you have a fear of this kind of stuff? I don't know. It's just weird being on the clock. Like, they always say that, like, um, and I'll tell you, but, like, with contractors, their houses are always, like, right. like in shambles. Right, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> they use all of their energy and mm-hmm. muscle yeah. and creativity like working on their cook at home. Totally, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Um, it's it, it's kind of like that. Like, the way that I feel, you know, like, I, I can I can, I can pull, like, a dead raccoon out of someone's porch yeah. without even thinking. But, like, you know, like, at home, I'm, like, <laughs> yeah. you know, like, like this, this, like, greasy pot is disgusting. You know what I mean? Like. You get your daughter to squash <laughs> Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Wow. I wanted to talk a little bit about drumming. You said you're not drumming anymore because you had an injury. Yeah, I have some sort of a nerve injury, which is called, like. I'm learning more about it, but it's called like a wrist drop. Okay. Where um, it's not muscular. Like I can use muscles in my in my arm to like raise my wrist, but ultimately I can't lift it up. So it just sort of drops like this. Okay. So um, I don't know what's causing it, mm-hmm. um, but it's really freaky. Mm-hmm. And is it uh, something? Do you know if it has if it's common within drummers or like do you think I've heard stories of people mm-hmm. um, I started to talk about it with some drummers and uh, one guy told me his his cousin who was a drummer developed a palsy in his hand and never played again really um, I didn't get any information more than that I don't yeah. know what he tried mm-hmm. to do but um, I'm just pretending like I didn't hear the story right 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 so how does that make you feel as a drummer? kind of amazing really yeah i don't know i think that like i had some weird experiences you know i just play the drums like i don't really play other instruments so um the way i felt about them was just changing so much for so long um it currently just feels like a relief Mm -hmm. you know to not have to play yeah there's a lot of things like this is i find to be a really amazing time in my life to be honest Mm -hmm. you know like i think that like like to be like a young person just doing what you do and not thinking about it like the way that i played the drums was not dissimilar from the way that i play records now yeah i didn't think about it i wasn't actually good at it i just did it in a in a and the only way that i knew how to Mm -hmm. and then and then people you know i enjoyed it i Mm -hmm. did it all the time but then like i you become known for that thing right right and then there's like there's this pressure to be yourself yeah or yeah, to yeah. measure up to someone else's idea of who you are yeah you know that's yeah, and like yeah. i uh i kind of like quit playing music actually like at a time in my life you know i really like i won't get into it at all but like i've i've really struggled with depression and i feel like you know we all do but mm-hmm. i i downplay it so much mm-hmm. you know i've really like you know like i i basically became too depressed to to play mm-hmm. music mm-hmm. and I quit in about 2005 um, altogether and was just working at U of T at a college that I dropped out of mm-hmm. like I was low mm-hmm. you know and I was just washing dishes and um, you know I, I thank God I uh, for this one guy I worked with and he just one day was like what happened to you and he was like asked me to go you know play at his house and I was just like, no, not doing it. And he just was like, what is your problem? What do you have, like, what do you have to lose? And then he got me playing again. This guy Taylor Knox, who actually lives in Aurelia, you know, now, yeah. 
um, a really beautiful person. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I'm eternally grateful for him, you mm-hmm. know, and his friendship. But, you know, he got me playing again. And, um, uh, but like, you know, in that, like, that was 2005. I was already, so was I was already like what over was, it. What was you the know? gap? How, how long was the gap of not playing? I don't really know. Okay. A year, but, a year. Okay, uh, okay. But it wasn't like a yeah. So it wasn't like a five year like. No. Okay. I just like was just li- living in Parkdale, um, you know. Like now, when I look back, I was like an alcoholic, mm-hmm. um, but no one tells you you're an alcoholic mm-hmm. unless you're like a particular type of alcoholic. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 Like I didn't like step on any. I was always nice. Yeah. And like, you know, I would usually quietly disappear at the end of the night. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No one really saw. The you other know, side. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 just what you presented. Yeah, so yeah, so I like you know whatever I started to come out of that. But when I came back into it, um, that's when I started kind of touring with, uh, you know, like a particular outfit, and you know, uh, I wasn't coming back to it in in a really natural way. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I was just sort of like trying to be professional. Right, because that's what I wanted to do. That's what I had hoped to have done when I was younger. Yeah. Right, right. You know, yeah. Um, Were you happy at that moment then? I mean, I don't think that. That's what I mean. Like, like. Or did you think you gained anything from that? Yeah, sure. I mean, and, and I more so mean not in. I mean, yo, in the, straight up, I've been like, like just watching the world forever. Yeah, like this ties <laughs> in fully. Like you know. Like you asked me to be on this thing, so like I guess I'll indulge in like this talk about myself for a second. But yeah, like, yeah. you know, I'm an only child, and I I was brought up in this kind of particular way, mm-hmm. you know, like you know, very loving household. But um, I I was a home a lot, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. um, and I survived that scenario, you know. Sounds strange to say mm-hmm. that you're surviving a loving scenario, yeah. but you know I survived a scenario by becoming re- a very like vicarious, right. um, or like living vicariously through everything, mm-hmm. uh, much mm-hmm. music, um, you know, Brave New Waves, every band. Yeah. Um, I'd look out, I'd hear like kids walking on the street, and I'd look out the window. Um, I went to private school, so I didn't know the kids on my street. Um, I'd see them around. I'd like watch them grow up. Mm-hmm. I'd imagine what it was like to be friends with them, mm-hmm. right. or to just, you know, be skateboarding on this. Like you know what I mean? Like yeah, I just yeah, was yeah. really. I never figured out how to bust out, and then, you know, I'm so conscious of this as a parent now. Like, you don't come to it later. Yeah. The tracks are late. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm still that person. Yeah. I'm 41. Yeah. And I'm still in my bedroom watching much music, you know. Yeah, yeah. And like, take a look at all these deci- like all these things that I've done. Like I've, it's all subconscious, and like it's only after twenty something years of living downtown that like I'm starting to have this perspective, you know, mm-hmm. where I'm like, it's so crazy how I constantly put myself in a position where I get to be around people, but not actually have to deal with them. Right, right. And that's that's performance. Like I, I relate a lot mm-hmm. to these suicidal comedians, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Like the, you know, not the, not the idea of putting on like a front, yeah. you know, you're saying that's part of this, your this survival, is, yeah, you know, this, this is, yeah. I relate to that yeah. a lot, you know, like I, I, like I can't really put on a, a, like a front very well, but, um, but I, 
you know, I admire that that you can do that. I wouldn't call and, it a front, though. I, well, I, I it's, it's, more, it's not a front. Yeah, I think, I that, say, I think I, it's very honest. I would want to say yeah. that's just a a piece of me, a piece. It's yeah, that's just not the whole thing. It's a part that's not always there, but I can, I can, I can pull it out when pull it out when I need to. Yeah, um, but I can't be on all the time. You know what I mean? For sure. I can't just like, yeah, yeah. But yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, self realization. I mean, I'm just obsessed with that idea. Like, whether it be realizing who you really are mm-hmm. yeah. or rea- realizing who you want to be mm-hmm. yeah. you know and yeah. really you're trying to realize two people at once yeah, you know yeah. what I mean yeah. duality I could talk like I thought yeah. that's why I thought we were going to talk about this entire podcast yeah. Yeah. I was driving here I was like duality duality I think this is what we two truths and which truths you know what I mean yeah. two yeah. records it's, three it's, records you know not I one think, you know yeah. what I mean I think I think this is kind of the theme of the whole thing. Yeah, I think we I think we got there. I think we got here naturally. Yeah, which I think is good. Now that we're here, yeah. We, we and it. I would love to actually talk about total freedom after this. Uh-huh. Um, and but we can go back. Yeah, yeah, but but yeah. like as as it relates specifically to this, yeah. but okay. um, um, it's sort of like that's like the grand thesis of like you know like the last decade of my life is yeah. like realizations like while listening to total freedom, you know, but um, but yeah. So hold on, where was that? Can you help me? What were we saying? Uh, we're talking about uh, like realizing who you are and who you want to be. Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and like all these weird things when you're young, it's like you're just you're just surviving the way you can. Yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. So like like I realize now that it was really, you know, like it was I was making a lot of noise on the drums because I was drawing attention to myself mm-hmm. in a way that I wanted to be seen. Yeah. Um, in a way that I wasn't seeing my whole life, but never actually dealing with it, you know, like so just, funny. just like, just going back to the jam space and just like, you know, so it doesn't matter. Like, you know, like just eternally feeling very alone, but yeah. it's, it's, you know, the, re- yeah. the relationship to what you're saying to me growing up is really hitting me in a crazy spot because I was literally the exact same. I didn't necessarily grow up an only child, but I, my sister and brother are both like 15 years older than me, 10 years old, 15 years older than yeah. me, 15 wow. and 10. Yeah. So I grew up like an only child, mm-hmm. yeah. but I had older siblings, yeah. but I was the same as being the sort of only child kid that was like home, you know, watching the much music, being like, being, feeling alone and feeling like like alone in, in people that I can relate to to a certain age and mm-hmm. realizing and thinking the only way for me to like get out and realize who I am and be the person mm-hmm. I want to be mm-hmm. is by being the musician you know what I mean by yeah, being the guitar player singer guy who is like the front man of like a punk band yeah and that was my and I and it was like a thing where I was like I'm gonna go do that and I had to go do it because I wanted that to be the way that I want. I didn't want to, yeah. I wasn't ready to go out and meet people. I wanted people to want to come to me to meet me. Yeah. yeah. But it's so crazy. Cause it's like, because that's just at the core of your experience. Like you wonder how could anyone pick up a guitar and do that? If that yeah. was not their right kind of mode of subconscious or yeah. otherwise, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. You know, like, yeah. yeah. It's crazy how we have this, I think I've talked about this before with some people where it's like you almost have this like unconscious momentum when you're young um, where you're not really thinking about what you're doing and you're not really conscious of like the things that are dragging you into certain places Mm -hmm. and you're and it's just kind of it's just this momentum that can like for some people carry them all the way 
blows my mind blows my mind and those are the people that like get famous young or make it make it become successful young or you know find love young and you know like insane yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that, but there is that momentum that happens at a young age where you're just not con- you're not really you you're not thinking about it right yeah that's beautiful um but then you do hit a certain age where all of a sudden you're you become conscious of it and you're you it's this thing where it's like who am i and who do i want to become and it's this in i like i've gone through so many different phases of being like i can be whoever i want right mm-hmm. which makes sense and i maybe i agree with it or i've gone through so many phases of like oh no i am a way i am very much a particular way and my best chance in life is to embrace this way that i am and obviously there're going to be some things that you can do away with and that might hurt other people and mm-hmm. things things that are part of you that aren't good but more and more lately i've come to realize that as much as i would like to be certain things mm-hmm. and there's people that i admire that i really enjoy or like want to be like i can't mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. there's just a certain type of person that i can't be yeah well i mean the, also like the realization that life you know like we really we really uh you know put the notion of uh, the, the struggle yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah you know on a pedestal yeah yeah, yeah. and in, in so many ways mm-hmm. and then you get older and you take a look around and you realize that like you know there's people that are not struggling yeah. in in what they excel at you yeah. know what i mean yeah, yeah, yeah. because they're just recognizing who they are yeah. right you yeah. know what i mean embracing fully who they are yeah right? and like i'm not saying that they have to mm-hmm. like it like you know yeah. like you hear stories all the time of someone that's like an amazing whatever yeah. athlete and they have no interest in it Hates and that's cool right. you know what i mean right. like it's like you know it's a bummer if they're really good at you know what pick it you know yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what you know mm-hmm. like squash yeah. you know yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it could be a world fame there's no world yeah. famous squash champions but like you know what i mean like <laughs> they but they you know it's like they could have been this thing but instead they wanted to like be in a band and they were really bad at it and they and they did it for 30 years you know what i mean yeah i guess guess that exists but like you know i know what at least what i'm uh, good at and bad at at this point and i'm not going to try to be what i'm not yeah Yeah, yeah, yeah. i can't play drums in time and guess what i don't need to (laughs) because so many people can do it yeah yeah so they should yeah you know and and i'll do what they aren't willing to yeah you know yeah be like a like a mess you know yeah yeah for them you know yeah 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 it's like we all complete each other. Yeah, I know, do. I know. And that's, I think, that's a super powerful thing. It's just like, and when we talk about collaboration and stuff, when we talk about all these things, it's like learning where your place is and mm-hmm. what you can, what you can pass off to other people, and like, and what you can bring, what you can, what you can bring, and then yeah, what other people can bring for you, and like, mm-hmm. I, I, that's just where so much beauty comes from. Yeah. It's just like this, yeah, and it's only in, and it's same with like a relationship, like a good marriage. You know, mm-hmm. a good relationship is recognizing. Here are all these things that I am, and here are all these things that you are, and I don't want to become any of the things that you are necessarily. Because, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, I've been in so many relationships where it's like I'm probably attracted to this person because they are possessing something that I want to be. 
Mm-hmm. You know, and not only that I want to be, but I think that I actually have the capability to be. Right. Do you know what I mean? Whereas mm-hmm. like the best relationships I've had are in people that I don't necessarily want to be anything that they are. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I, I, I just, I genuinely admire them for who they are and I admire me for who I am. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I'm talking about romantic relationships and I'm talking about friendships mm-hmm. and all these things, but it's, and just collaboration too. It's yeah. just, yeah. 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 No, I agree. Mm-hmm. I think it's interesting. But that first comes with this like intense understanding of yourself. Yeah. That is so hard to be, especially under the climate of the internet age or just socialization or when you're a teenager and you're seeing all these people, it's like, this person's like this, I should be like this, this person's like this and it makes them like this. And so I should be like, and it's just, you attract all of these things that just aren't you. And then you lose all the things that are you Mm -hmm. that are equally as positive, but may not be on display for the other people, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, and like collaboration and anything, it's all very similar in the sense that like like you said, it's like understanding and realizing that in order to create, like you said, good relationship, good artwork, good, just things that are good, mm-hmm. as stupid as it sounds, come from, from the realization that like what you bring to the table might be different from what they bring to the table. Mm-hmm. But what's on the table is sick. What's on the table is You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's all about what's on the table. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, again, though, like, I don't really believe in good things. Like, you know, um, you know, like, what's so interesting is, like, maybe a document of, like, you know, a grand failure, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, uh, I like a lot of jazz and just, like, you know like the pressure of these super heavyweight sessions right like the only time they were in the same room right yeah. and you listen to it and you're like yeah. you know the most mediocre work from yeah. any of those yeah, yeah, yeah humans you know possible yeah. you know and it's like that i enjoy that yeah, yeah you know yeah, 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 yeah. like it I, doesn't have to be yeah it doesn't always have to be yeah sure and, and like this idea of reverence too, you know, is uh, which is always simmering, you know. It's so funny how like, you know, like punk is so oppositional, yet it's so like reverent, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like you know, metal is so extreme, but it's so conservative. Yeah, you know, it's, like, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's it, it is interesting the what is where ha, where the chaos is placed. In something like metal, like you're saying, like yeah, it is so conservative. So many rules. So, yeah, it's but it's it's so lin it's so linear. Yeah. Most metal, I shouldn't say all metal, but yeah. yeah. Total freedom. <laughs> Don't go to the